if you make your life about evidencing and reflecting the character and nature of God, which is the best way to live? It's where the most joy is found. It's where the most peace is found. It's where the most effectiveness is found. It's where the most favor is found. It's where the most answered prayer is found. It's where your days are filled with God things, God-sized ambition, God-sized dreams, God-sized answered prayer. It's where all of that is found. Holiness. You strive for holiness and you will see the Lord. It's a promise. We've got the privilege of opening God's word for us just for the next few moments before we pray again. But to orient us for that time of prayer, we're going to go here in just a moment to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. And we're going we're gonna to look at one verse, actually not just not one verse, part of one verse. And I love that. I love, I love taking just a small portion of scripture, even half of a verse, and doing a deep dive on it. And part of it is because I was trained that way in seminary. A guy who's with Jesus now named Howard Hendricks taught a class called Bible Study Methods. And I remember sitting in his class as this like wide-eyed seminary student, you know, just trying to figure life out. And, and he said, everybody take out a blank sheet of paper. So we all did. There's about 80 people in this class, maybe 100, all took out a sheet of paper, and he, he put one verse up on the board, and he said, okay, I want you to write 25 unique observations about this sentence. They cannot overlap. He's put five or 10 minutes on the clock, and, and so you know we were gutting it out, and we got down to number 25, just barely squeaked by, and we're all feeling really good about ourselves, and he goes, okay, I'm going to put another 10 minutes on the clock, another 25 unique observations about this verse. Okay, well, so we went back to it, got down to the end of that 10 minutes, and he said, okay, another 10 minutes, another 25 unique observations about this verse. And what I took away from that moment and the point that he was trying to get across is that the well of Scripture is so deep that if you throw a pebble in it, you'll never hear it hit the bottom. It's just because the riches that are contained in God's Word are far beyond what we will ever be able to comprehend. And so when you come to even one verse of Scripture, the theological riches and the practical application contained within are so deep and so rich that it deserves your time and attention. And so Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 is where we're going to go, and we're going to look at this together. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. And here's the part of the verse we're going to focus on. And to be holy without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now, as you're living life, there are things that you need to see. There are things that if you don't see them, it can be a real problem. In my case, that happens to be glass sliding doors. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had this situation. I've had it, unfortunately, a couple of times, uh, where the glass was so clean, so newly installed, that I didn't know it was there, and I just went, and there is no cool way to recover from that. I just will tell you right now, there's no way to walk it off. Like, if people see it happen, which in both cases definitely did, um, you don't recover from that. You just kind of own it, and yep, that was me. Uh, It pays to see. And in the life of faith... Not seeing can be a real, real problem because we need to see. We want to see. If you're a believer in Christ, a follower of Jesus, you want to see. You want to see God's 
power on display through you. You want to see how God is leading you and guiding you and directing you. You want to see how God wants to work through you to impact the lives of other people. You want to see how God wants to speak into situations through your your involvement in them. You want to see God's presence and hand resting on your life. You want to see. You want to see things happen through following Jesus where what you read about in Scripture actually actually comes true on the screen of your life. It, it plays out in front of the world around you. You want to see that. But if you're going to see that, or if you're not going to see that, in many ways depends on what you cultivate internally, what you value, what you're after, what really life is about for you. And that's what this verse is pointing to. The writer of Hebrews says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy for without holiness, no one will see the Lord. The most important thing any one of us can see in life is to see God and to see what God is doing. Because when people can't see what God is doing, the writer of Proverbs says they stumble all over themselves. You will stumble all over yourself if you don't see what God is doing. If you don't have God clearly in your sights, if you don't recognize what he's up to in the world and what he's up to in your life, you'll make a mess of things. I'll make a mess of things. But the writer of Hebrews says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now, that word holiness and variations thereof occurs over 600 times in the pages of Scripture. God cares deeply about his holiness. He cares deeply about our holiness. He cares deeply about our understanding of holiness. And when we talk about holiness, we're really starting with an understanding of or informing our, our definition of holiness based on the character and nature of God. God is holy, i.e. God is blameless. God is sinless. God is righteous. God is completely other. He's separated from sin. And key to holiness, he is about his own glory. God knows that if we will turn glory back to him, we will be, we will find ourselves most satisfied when we're satisfied in him. Like it, it's all about him. And so God is about his glory and God is separate from sin and God is blameless. And therefore he calls us to follow Jesus. He calls us to mirror him in the way that we live life and to, in following him, pursue a righteousness that is only able to be evidenced in our life through the power of the Holy Spirit. But because the Holy Spirit is in you, he has enabled you to walk in holiness. Now, when we talk about holiness, it's interesting. When you read this verse in Greek, there's the definite article resides right here. When I say definite article, I mean the word the. Without the holiness, no one will see the Lord. Definite article twice in the, in the last part of that verse. In other words, the writer of Hebrews is talking out about a particular kind of holiness. He's not talking about the holiness that gets you entrance into heaven. Because we don't earn heaven. You don't earn heaven. You don't. The only way anyone gets to heaven is by being clothed in the righteousness of Christ. They have an alien righteousness, a righteousness that's not their own, a holiness that's not their own. It's Jesus' sinlessness, his death on the cross, in your place for your sin, that's how you get to heaven. 
So the writer of Hebrews is not going to say make every effort to be holy, as in make every effort to get into heaven, because you can't, no, no amount of effort on your part will ever get you into heaven. But while you're living on this earth, there is a calling on your life and an empowerment on your life based on the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit in you that now you're called to work out your salvation, as the writer of Philippians says, the Apostle Paul, with fear and trembling. God is at work in you, so now work out your salvation, i.e. be holy because he is holy. And it's when you're holy, when you walk in holiness, when you walk in a reflection of God's character and nature, that certain things happen in your life. It changes what you see. It enables you to see the Lord. And when we're talking about this holiness, we're talking about a commitment on our part to purity. We're talking about a commitment on our part to purity in the things that we look at. Talking about a commitment on our part to purity in the things that we watch. That there's certain things that I'm going to say no to because I'm trying to reflect the character and nature of God. And I know that that thing is a total opposite reflection of who he is. So I'm going to say no to it. There's going to be a commitment to saying, I'm going to walk away from listening to certain things that don't elevate the name of Jesus and actually do dishonor to his name. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk away from conversations. I'm going to walk away from stories that could be on my lips. And instead, I'm going to say either no to that conversation or I'm going to redirect it. Because I'm passionate about reflecting the character and nature of Almighty God. I realize I'm not on this earth to tell jokes that the world thinks is funny. I'm on this earth to point them to a holy, righteous God. And what's only available and found in Him. So... This desire to be holy becomes a check on how I live. And, and when I'm walking that way, I can see the Lord. But the writer of Hebrews points us to two realities here, two possibilities. One, that we can live as believers with or without holiness. Now, here's the thing. God has enabled you by the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life and given you a new heart to walk in holiness, but there's a choice. There's a command to make every effort. So I'm going to look at two things really quickly, and then we're going to pray. The first is the problem when holiness is absent. The problem when holiness is absent. Go back to Hebrews verse 14, 12 verse 14. Make every effort to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. If you're a Christian and you don't put a priority on holiness, there are certain things that you won't see in your life. That God wants you to see. But not everybody sees God work in their life equally. You have a choice. I have a choice. We have as much of God as we want. We have as much vision and visual of what God is doing and who he is as we want. Not every Christian has the same visual in view of God. Not every Christian sees the Lord in the same way. Or to the same degree. And when you are Living life absent of holiness, you can't see in the same way. You can't see the nearness of God or God's nearness like you would want to. Psalm 15, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? One whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous. In other words, 
there's a righteousness on our part that allows God to draw nearer to us and us to walk nearer to him. Without holiness, that isn't possible. You can't see God make you effective in your calling. Look at this, 2 Timothy 2. Paul says to Timothy, if you keep yourself, if, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean. You will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. In other words, you'll be effective for the calling that God has placed on your life. Now, my favorite theologian is a guy who's been dead for a good 400 years. Um, it's named John Owen, and probably he died in 1683, so not quite 400 years, but he's coming up. And he wrote a, I believe it is probably the best book ever written outside of the Bible on overcoming sin and temptation. And he talks about when holiness is not valued and when holiness is absent from our life, what that does to our effectiveness in our calling that God has given us. Listen to this. The world at this day is full of poor, withering Christians. How few there are that walk in any beauty or glory, how barren, how useless they are. For the most part, amongst the many reasons that may be assigned to this sad estate, it may, be justly, it may justly be feared that this is none the least effectual. Many men and women harbor spirit-devouring lusts in their hearts that lie as worms at the root of their obedience and corrode and weaken it day by day. All graces, all the ways and means whereby any graces may be exercised or improved are prejudiced by this means. And listen to this last part. And as to any success, God blasts such a person's undertakings. When holiness is absent from your life, it deteriorates your effectiveness in walking in your God-given calling and purpose. It's not that you're purposeless. It's just that you can't hope to fulfill the purpose that God has given you unless holiness is at the center of your aim, your desire, your focus, and your activity. It can be effective. Not only that, you can't see God's favor on your life, and this is so sad. James chapter 4, verse 6, God opposes the proud. Pride is at the root of every sin. Pride is the reason for a lack of holiness because holiness is submission to God. So when you're not submitting, that's pride rearing up. God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. It's favor. But you can't know that favor if holiness is absent from your life. You can't see God answer your prayers in the way that you would want to if holiness is absent. Look at this, and the, the psalmist says, Psalm 66, verse 18, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Do you know that there are prayers that Christians pray that God does not listen to? That's a tough truth. That you can pray to God as a follower of Jesus and him go, no. Why? Because holiness is absent from your life and therefore your desires are all out of whack. And God wants to correct some things in your heart. He wants to correct some things in your focus. He wants to correct some things in the way that you're approaching life. 
before he answers your prayers. Holiness is a big deal. It changes the way we see and it changes what we see in our life. So this is a warning on the one hand. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. But when you flip it, it's a promise. It's a promise. Look at the promise when holiness is pursued. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 12. Strive for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So when you flip it, strive for holiness and you will see the Lord. Okay? If you strive, if you make your life about evidencing and reflecting the character and nature of God, which is the best way to live? It's where the most joy is found. It's where the most peace is found. It's where the most effectiveness is found. It's where the most favor is found. It's where the most answered prayer is found. It's where your days are filled with God things, God-sized ambition, God-sized dreams, God-sized answered prayer. It's where all of that is found. Holiness. You strive for holiness and you will see the Lord. It's a promise. You can take it to the bank. God wants you to know it's not just a warning to avoid. It's a promise to pursue. If you will orient yourself Godward, if you will say, God, I'm going to be passionate about what you're passionate about. I'm going to love what you love. I'm going to hate what you hate. I'm going to treasure what you treasure. Oh, then watch God go. Do you know this? That, doubt, that God doesn't just want to make certain people effective. God doesn't just want to bless certain Christians. He doesn't want to just show favor to certain people. He doesn't have varsity level Christians and he answers more of their prayers than other Christians' prayers. What attracts God to your life is something you're totally in control of. It's will you strive? Will you make every effort to be about the things that God is about? Because if you'll make your life about the things that God is about, he will bless it. He'll bless it. You'll see the Lord show up in all, way, all these ways that you couldn't have begun to imagine. And here's the thing. God doesn't need to show up in your life. He wants to show up in your life. He wants to. He's actually waiting. He's waiting for you to draw near to him. And then guess what? He'll draw near to you. It's the promise of his word. But it comes with holiness. And this, this promise is not something you're like, well, you just, you kind of inverted that, but that was you. Well, listen to Jesus. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Oh, they'll see him. What happens when you're in the doctor's office and you're in the waiting room? All of a sudden, a nurse comes out and she says, the doctor will see you now. Something about holiness that puts you right in line for God to step into your situation. His power his presence, his attention, his provision, his favor. I don't know about you, but I want his favor on my life. I don't know about you, but I want his favor on my home. I don't know about you, but when I pray, I want to pray with effect. 
And that's not something Christians have to approach with wishful thinking. Oh, maybe it'll work this time. Oh, no, no. God invites you. God, God beckons you. Come to me. Come to me. Approach me on my terms. Purify your heart. Cleanse yourself. Walk in holiness and watch me work. Because he wants to do it. He wants to do it. He wants to do it in your life. He wants to do it in your family. He wants to do it in your home. To draw near to us, God does not require sinlessness. But he does require seriousness about sin. You get serious, you're going to watch him work. You get serious, you're going to court his favor. You get serious, you're going to see your effectiveness grow. You get serious, you're going to watch prayers get answered. You get serious, you're going to watch his power and his presence rest on your life. He wants to do it. He wants to do it. And here's the thing. This side of heaven, you can never stop growing in holiness. You can always become more like Jesus. God brought you into the prayer meeting tonight because he wants to make you more like Jesus. God has you sitting in that seat right now because he wants you to leave this place better reflecting his character and his nature so that you walk into the world tomorrow with more favor on your life, more of his presence on your life, more of his power on your life, more answered prayer in the windshield of your life. It's what God wants to do. He wants to do it.